Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Minister Diane Walker comes with a life-changing message entitled, Crossing the Finish Line of Faith. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. So how y'all doing this morning? No, really, how you doing? Okay, I didn't, I, didn't hear that. I didn't hear that from everybody. I heard it from some of y'all, so I'm going to go over here. And be honest, because I'm asking this for a reason. How you doing? Okay. Amen. Really? Are you really blessed and highly favored? Are you really doing good? Okay. Well, then I want to talk to those who didn't say that. You know, over the last um, 40 days, or and beyond, because if we're Christians, we live, a, we live a lifestyle of faith, amen? amen. But connect to, connect to 40, I think, or Connect 40, I think really helped us get back on track to live this lifestyle that God has called us to. But for some of us, we believe in God, we're walking by faith, but some of us, the, resu the results have not shown up like we wanted them to. Let's just be real about it. Some of us, we're still believing, we're trusting in God. We're not going to give up because we, we are faith people. But time has made you a doubter. Time has gone by and you've begun to focus on the time and not on God, who is not bound by time. Some of you have been standing for days, for months, for weeks, and for years with no end in sight. It's not been that instant or miraculous answer that you were expecting. So you have become disappointed. We're going to keep it real this morning, but we're going to give you tools to help you cross that finish line of faith. Some of you have given up. You've retreated. You've backed down. You've turned around. You said, I'm done with it. You don't have to raise your hand, but I know that. I sense that by the Holy Spirit. Some of you have said, it's over. I've gone too far. I can't go back. I quit. And you've gone back to your old way of doing things. You've gotten off course. And so you're asking yourself today, what do I do? Where do I go? Lord, how can I get back on track? How can I continue to do what you've promised me and do what you've told me to do? He's made you some promises. God is faithful. It's us that's not faithful. 
So you're asking that today. So I want to encourage you today that as long as you're breathing, it's never too late. You've already won. You already have the victory. You just got to receive it. You've got to receive what he's already provided. Amen? So turn with me. Before you turn, I want to answer that question. You said, have I gone too far? Can I get back on track? What do I need to do? The only thing you need to do is get up. Get up. You have wallowed long enough. Get up. You've had a pity party long enough. Get up. He is faithful. He is merciful. He loves you in spite of you. He loved you when we, he loved us and we didn't deserve it. He sent his son Jesus while we were still in our mess sinning. So no, he's not mad at you. Now's the time to get up and be about his business. Turn with me, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 3 from the Amplified. And it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every... Therefore, I'm starting over. Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us, let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us, looking away from all that will distract us. Looking away from all that will distract us. And focus our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of faith, the first incentive for our belief, and the one who brings our faith to maturity, who for the joy of accomplishing the goal, set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. Verse number three, just consider and meditate on him who endured from sinners, from us, such bitter hostility against himself. Consider it all in comparison with your trials so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Now, if Jesus went through that for us, we can go through any test, trial, hurdle, obstacle, no matter what. Because we know we have the victory. We know we win. We know we have eternal life. Point number one, make a decision. And you're asking, what are you talking about, Minister Diane? Make a decision. Make a decision today to get back up. Settle it, settle it in your mind. I'm going to do this thing that God called me to do come hell or high water. If I got 50 on my side, if I got nobody on my side, I still got Jesus and I can do this. Don't you dare give up. This is not the time to retreat. God's grace never quits. So why have you? Good. 
He hasn't given up on you. I don't care what you've done, what you're planning to do. He has not. I don't care if you're doing it right now. Those of you who are watching online, it doesn't matter. Be determined. Be resilient. Dig in. You know how you do when you really want something. Come on. When I want to buy a pair of shoes that I know I shouldn't be buying. Let me just say that. And Minister Johnny Walker looking at me with four eyes. I'm going to make a way to get those shoes. That's just, that's nothing. I'm going to make a way to get the shoes. For you, it might be something else. So you do what you want to do to get what you want to get. How much more for God? How much more for faith? Do we walk out our faith? Do we walk out what he's told us to do? Think about this. I'm all over my notes. Think about this. If you quit, what does that say about you? More importantly, if you quit, what does that say about the God you profess that's in you? What does that say to the world? What does that say to the world? And here's the sad part about it. The world don't quit. They go after what they want. They uh, produce their agendas, and they get it. It might be the wrong way. It might be the wrong thing, but they, at least they have the tenacity that they don't quit. And how would it look if you, you, you are testifying to your friends, oh, I love the Lord, you know, he's done so many things for me, and he promised me this, and then the next minute you quit, and they're looking at you. They're like, well, I don't know if I want that God. You are a witness to the world. Right where you are right now, in all your little, all your little stuff, all your little mess, all our little junk, all our little idiosyncrasies, you are a witness to the world. You profess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You are a witness to the world. Okay, y'all looking at me like I got 10 heads, but that's okay. I love you anyway because I'm still going to say what I'm going to say. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 24, 16 from the Passion, it says, For the lovers of God may suffer adversity and stumble seven times, but they will continue to rise over and over and over again. But the unrighteous are brought down by just one calamity and will never be able to rise again. But I want to read it from the Amplified. It says, For a righteous man, and I'm going to put a righteous man or woman in there, falls seven times and rises again. But the wicked stumble in time of disaster and collapse. Yeah, you're going to miss it. You're falling, but you get up. You get up and you stand up, and you stand firm in what you believe. You stand firm in God's Word. Again, time has made you a doubter. Stop looking at the time. Begin to look at him, the promiser, not the time. Yes. Point number two, resist the devil. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9 from the AMP version. And it reads, be sober, well-balanced, and self-disciplined. 
Be alert and cautious at all times. That enemy of yours, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. But resist him. Be firm in your faith against his attacks, rooted, established, immovable, knowing that the same experience of suffering are being experienced by your brothers and sisters throughout the world. You do not suffer alone. Don't be deceived. Don't believe the lies of the enemy. What you're going through is nothing new. Somebody else somewhere is going through the same thing. There's nothing new under the sun. All the fashions you young people wearing right now, we wore them way back when. I won't tell you how far way back when was, but we wore them way back when. History just repeats itself. But the enemy would love to do nothing more than isolate you and begin to talk to you. Want, 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 want. And then here's the thing. We'll believe what he says over what the word of God says. We will trust in him more than we trust in God. It takes spiritual effort to stand and resist him. Refuse to receive or give thought to anything the devil throws your way. Remind him of his defeat. Open your mouth and say something. Begin to talk to him and tell him what the word of God says about you. Even if you don't feel like you're there yet. Even if you don't feel like you're there yet, you still begin to open your mouth because it's not based on what you do. It's based on what he already did. When we can get out of ourselves, we can begin to walk faith out and cross the finish line of our faith. Finish what God started in us. When we stop looking at us and begin to keep our eyes focused and stayed on him. Listen to this. I got this from a life application commentary. It says this, lions attack sick, young, or straggling animals. They choose victims who are alone and not alert. Peter warns us to watch out for Satan when we are suffering or being persecuted. When you are feeling alone, weak, helpless, and cut off from other believers, or when you are so focused on your troubles that you forget to watch for danger, you are especially vulnerable to Satan's attacks. During times of suffering, seek other Christians for support. But more importantly, keep your eyes on Jesus and, re and resist the devil. Amen. James 4, 7 says he will flee from you. Yes. When you do your part, faith is action. Faith is putting God's work into action. Yes. Doing what he has told you to do. Obeying what he has told you to do. Saying what he has told you. He says you're an overcomer. I don't care if you're homeless. You're an overcomer. Point number three. Give your full undivided attention to the word of God. Proverbs 4.20 through 23 from the King James Version. And it reads. My son, attend to my words. Incline thy ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Yes. 
How's your heart? Check your heart. Low word level, low faith level. Low word level, low faith level. This is why many of us fall away. Did you know that the word of God is a weapon? Did you know that it's his battle plan to us to teach us how to use that weapon? And when we don't know the battle plan, we can't have the victory. We can't win. And we don't have the battle plan because we don't read what his word says, what the battle plan says. When we know the word, but not only know it, have a revelation of it and speak it out, it defeats the enemy, any situations, our foes, it defeats anything. We have to do the work because he's already provided the solutions. We just have to do what we're supposed to do. He's done everything he's going to do. We have to be disciplined. We have to be on purpose. We have to be holy. We have to be righteous. We have to be obedient. I know that's a word we don't want to hear. You want this lifestyle of faith? Have a lifestyle seeking him first. Amen. The word of God will turn your failures into successes. Amen? Amen. Point number four, praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise him. His breath in our lungs. You have been set free. You have been made whole. You no longer have those grave clothes on. You no longer wallow in your mess. He has set you free. Praise him with the fruit of your lips, with your mouth. Praise him. Every time you get a chance, you praise him. He is just that good. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the jail were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's change, chains came loose. A lot of times we think that we should not go through anything, especially if something happened to us. Well, I was doing everything I was supposed to do, and it still happened. If you go back and read this story of Paul and Silas, they were obeying God. They were preaching and teaching the word of God. They had been th Paul had been thrown in jail many times before, but this time he was thrown in jail because there was, they went into a town, and there was a young lady who had a spirit of divination, or she was a fortune teller. She was a slave girl, and the slave owners were using her to make money for them. So she was following Paul and Silas around, and I'm paraphrasing this, saying, these are men of God sent to save the world, something to that effect. And, he, and, and that got annoying to Paul, because everywhere they went, this young girl was following them, was behind them. 
everywhere they went, she was repeating the same thing, same thing. And it annoyed Paul, so he turned around and cast that demon out. So when he cast that demon out of her, the owners lost, lost ways to make money off of her. So it says that not only did they put him in jail, but before they put him in jail, they stripped him and they beat him. And one commentary says it was a dungeon. I don't know about you, but a dungeon is what? Dark, dirty, could be rats, snakes, whatever in there. And they down there and they praising and worshiping God. In the messiest of mess. What say you? What say you? That was some serious stuff. I don't think you've been stripped and beaten and thrown in a dungeon yet. And we cannot open our mouths. Your praise is powerful. Your praise is a weapon. Didn't we just sing that today, Minister Bernard? Your praise is a weapon. Just begin to praise. Just begin to praise. Stop looking so much at what you see and begin to praise God. Stop looking inward in you, if you're going to look inward, look to him. Then another thing we're doing, we're looking all around, and he's here all the time, been here all the time. They had a midnight deliverance in the seemingly, seemingly darkest hour, Paul and Silas. They never let the jailhouse rock phase them. Again, your praise is powerful. When the attack, when the circumstance, when the hurdle, when the obstacle comes your way, you begin to praise God. Yes. Just open your mouth and praise. Don't say anything else but just praise him. Yes. However you want to praise him, you praise him. Because you could be in that dungeon. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Point number five. Pray for others. You know, there was a time, um, this was about three years ago when my mom passed away. And um, it was a hard time. My mom was 87 years old. We had brought her here the last five to six years. She was here and she was staying between myself and my sisters. And uh, she was doing well. Um, but right before COVID, I mean, the week before COVID hit hard where they started shutting things down she passed away. So I think I was at church a day or two afterwards and somebody came up to me and asked me if I would pray for them. And I'm gonna be honest, yes was not my first answer. I did not tell that person that, but in my mind I'm thinking, don't you know what just happened to me? And you asking me to pray for you? And I'm gonna be honest, I didn't wanna pray. I don't, I, this is what I said, I don't wanna pray. I don't want to pray for nobody. I don't want nobody praying for me. I don't want to pray for myself. I don't want to pray. I was hurting. Lord had to deal with me on that. He said, Diane, girl, get it together. Change that attitude right now. So then, you would think I would have been obedient, but no, I was still mad. <laughs> then this person, the request that they made, the prayer request, it was, to me, in my mind at that time, if I could be totally transparent, it was so stupid. I'm just being transparent. This is how I felt. 
And I'm saying to myself, I can't believe you asking me to pray for you over this stupid stuff. How stupid is this? I didn't say it to her, but in my mind, I'm thinking that. How stupid is this? You asking me to pray for you over this stupid stuff? Lord had to check me on that too. Because he said, how many times have you come to me with stupid stuff? And I heard your prayer and I answered it. After that, um, we buried my mom. And I can say, I believe that me praying for somebody else changed the whole trajectory of how we buried my mom. How we sent her home to be with the Lord. How he gave me, it was, only way I can describe it, he gave me that extra oomph. You know what I'm talking about? He gave me that extra oomph and my family that extra oomph to continue to go on power. That dunamis, dynamite power, that peace. And it was a beautiful ceremony. Many of you was here and you were able to witness that, a beautiful ceremony. But that's what happens when you pray for other people. Praying for somebody else shows your love for them. Praying for other people gets you out of yourself. Because you ain't all that. We're not all that. It ain't that deep. But praying, you might be the only person that will pray for them. And God has put us here to be a blessing and to serve somebody else. Not for me and my four and no more. Point number six. Cross the finish line of faith. First, First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through 25 from the Amplified, and it reads, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run their very best to win, but only one receives the prize? Run your race, not somebody else's. Run your race in such a way that you may seize the prize and make it yours. Now, every athlete who goes into training and competes in the games is disciplined and exercises self-control in all things. They do it to win a crown that withers, but we do it to receive an imperishable crown that cannot wither. Let me read it from the message. You've all been to the stadium and seen the athletes race. Everyone runs, one wins. Run to win. All good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. You're after one that's gold eternally. Winning a race requires discipline, purpose, and patience, just like your Christian walk, just like your faith lifestyle. As Christians, we are running toward the heavenly prize where victory awaits us. So recently, I'm closing. So recently, this past summer, my husband and I, he turned me on to watching track. 
I'd never really watched track like that before. So we were watching, we spent hours watching these track meets with, uh, what is it, Noah Lyles and Shikari Richardson. That was just a, a few of the track stars. And um, when track stars, when they run, they frequently, sometimes they have to go over hurdles. And or they call hurdles or obstacles, which is sometimes the same word in the same, same meaning. The definition of a hurdle or obstacle is that which opposes, stands in the way, anything that hinders progress. So they have to go over these hurdles or these, and these obstacles to victory. But one thing I noticed when they running, now y'all bear with me, I'm a little more mature. But we say this is the hurdle and they run up to that hurdle. They don't stop, turn around and go back. When it gets tight, when it gets tough, I'm not finna jump it, don't worry. <laughs> I'm not gonna even try. But what do they do? They jump over the hurdle. Then there's another hurdle, what do they do? They jump over that hurdle. Then there's another hurdle, what do they do? They jump over that hurdle. Then there's another hurdle and they what? They continue jumping until they see that finish line and then what do they do when they see that finish line? Stick their chest out, stick their head out, and cross that finish line to victory. So when the enemy brings the hurdles in your life, what you gonna do? You gonna do this right here. This gonna be your stance. If you can't go over that hurdle, you go around it. If you can't go around that hurdle, you get down on your knees and you crawl. If you can't crawl under that hurdle, you sidestep with that hurdle. If you cannot take another step, you take an inch. You just keep moving forward. You will get to your victory, to your destination of life as you just keep moving forward. Don't you stop. Don't you retreat. Don't you look back. I don't care if it's a short distance, you win. If it's a sprint, you win. If it's a marathon, you win. You win. You have the victory. You cross that finish line of faith. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare stop. No matter what you got to do, you keep moving forward. Don't turn back. Don't look back. You press in and you win. You go for that prize. You win. You win. When the enemy comes talking to you and trying to stop you, devil, you're a liar. When he say you ain't going to make it, I already have the victory. When you in lack, God supplies all my needs. You want to be healed? I'm already healed in Jesus' name. You better cross that finish line and talk to him. And let him know that you win. You've already won. Don't let the hurdles of life stop you. Don't let the obstacles get in your way. You keep moving, you keep moving, and you will receive the prize. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet, just give God some praise. Lord, we thank you. We love you. We honor you. We appreciate you. You're the God of us. You're our God. Thank you for your son, Jesus, that causes us to cross the finish line in faith. Thank you, Lord. How great you are. And we are free. And who the son says free is free indeed. So use your tools today and receive that gold prize that won't tarnish or fade. Amen? Amen. 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 Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name, praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations, we are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.